Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Dr. Ron Warp, Anderson Animal Hospital, on the phone. Dr. Ron, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. How are you? Excellent. I'm getting a lot more time at home with Hershey. I'm not so sure she's enjoying it, but I am. <laughs> well, I'm glad you are and you're staying healthy and well, I'm presuming. Yes, absolutely, and, and I hope you are as well. So Likewise. a couple of things. Uh, in Saskatchewan, that province has sent out a news release saying that while there is no evidence domestic livestock and pets can be infected with or transmit COVID-19, they say, in Saskatchewan anyhow, the province there says, the possibility has not been ruled out. So I wanted to get you on about that, and then there's this tiger at the Bronx Zoo that has tested positive for COVID-19. So let's begin with your general thoughts on COVID-19, this coronavirus, and our pets. Uh, I think excellent question. So general thoughts and comments and state of our knowledge right now, especially being a veterinarian with respect to our pets, are the major concern of transmission is going to be human to human. Um, Pertaining to our pets, we know based on the the morphology and the structure of the type of virus this is, it isn't completely surprising that cats in particular potentially could be infected. If they do get infected, that doesn't mean they're going to become ill, but the nature of this virus is such that cats would be more susceptible of all the different species. Um, at this point in time, we would, it's, it's not a big deal um, with our pets. This tiger that was tested positive, the understanding at this point was there was an, a zookeeper who probably was harboring COVID-19 and obviously must have had some sort of either indirect or direct contact infecting this tiger and a few of the other tiger mates. Again, knowing what we know about the type of virus it is, I'm not completely surprised. I do not believe our pets are playing a major role in any way whatsoever in transmitting the virus, but they can be infected. Um, Rules of thumb. I mean, one, we have to be calm about this. We need to do what all of our human colleagues are telling us about being fastidious with regards to hand washing and making sure we stay away from um, high-density places, keeping the two meters of distance between Mm -hmm. one another. But we also would say the take-home message for me would be is, especially if a pet owner is infected, you want to limit contact with your pet and any other pets. Um, Also, I think social distancing, because we want to be very cautious, doesn't just apply to us humans. I think it should also apply to the whole household, including our pets. If our pets are out for a walk, they should probably still keep that social distance with regards to other people and other animals. In the unlikely event they were in an infected home, they harbored potentially, and again, we don't know this for certain, Mm -hmm. they could act as a fomite where there may be some viral particles on the pet 
And in a very short period of time, if a susceptible person happened to touch that pet, is it theoretically possible? Potentially. Again, most people are going to get it from their human counterparts. That's kind yeah, of where I, we're I, at. Yeah, I think you're, and I think you're right. Just good common sense. If if we're social distancing, sure, the pet should be involved as well. If you're at home quarantining for two weeks, well, your pet should be quarantining with you, right, and not out playing with other other dogs and and other human beings. It just makes and sense. Common sense is at the base of a lot of this. It it really is, and you know, I mean, of course, we worry about our pets. And, you know, veterinarians right now, we're, we're at the forefront. We're in a very challenging situation because, of course, we are deemed to be uh, a, a type of business and practice that uh, we, we, we need to be open for our pets that are having health issues. And we're trying to do everything we can to protect both pet owners and our staff so we can remain in, uh, in a functional capacity. Um, but, it's, yeah, it's been very challenging. But at this point, again, with regards to our pets, I'm not overly concerned. Will we find a few more reports in the future that some cats are testing positive? That would not surprise me. But again, they very, very, very unlikely would be passing it on to another human. It's more likely the human could pass it on to the cat. And why is it, maybe you don't know the answer to this, maybe you do, why would cats be more likely to get COVID-19 than, say, dogs? I think it's the type of coronavirus. It's a type of, it gets to be like, it's a virologist-type question, but I believe this corona, the COVID-19, the SARS-CoV-2, it's an enveloped type of coronavirus, which by the nature of its, I guess anatomy just makes it more likely that it can infect the feline uh, species more so than the canines or other domestic animals. Gotcha. And when I said at the start that I was enjoying more time with my Hershey, I'm not so sure she is, I was only kind of kidding because, listen, I'm stressed out. It's it's funny. Dogs and, and cats and pets or have individual personalities too. I don't handle stress as well as my wonderful wife Jackie does, right? And I think some animals, I, I, I'm not so sure her, she is stressed, but just the fact that we're both here all the time has thrown her off a little bit. Speak to that. I think that's probably a very, very accurate, logical statement. I mean, one, our pets are incredibly in tune with our emotions. All of us that have pets know that. They know when we are in a high, either a high, a low, in between. In addition to that, our pets really like structure. They like consistency. And all of a sudden, when, when their structure of their daily pattern sort of been altered, it causes some, some change for themselves, and it takes them a while to make those adjustments. Um, I, I do so. Certainly, I wouldn't be surprised that she's kind of wondering, like, what's going on? My life sort of has changed a little bit. Everyone's home yeah. all the time. I don't right. have as much private time. But I will <laughs> say, for a lot of other pets, they're also getting to have like families that are very, very busy. All of a sudden, they've got a tremendous amount of time to spend with their pets, work with their pets, train their pets. 
it's, uh, t- it helps, I believe, take their minds off the terrible, you know, pandemic that we're in right now. And I think any moment we have just to relieve our stress, which our pets are phenomenal at, it's, it's a great attribute to help us cope with this horrible event. Dr. Ron, thanks for your time. Stay safe. Same to you. Take care now. All the best to everybody. Bye now. It has now been two years since the tragic Humboldt Broncos crash. From coast to coast to coast, we remember the 16 lives that ended much too soon and the many more that were changed forever. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, uh, during his morning news conference, talking about COVID-19 and aid for Canadians, but taking a few minutes to remember those lost and injured in the Humboldt Broncos tragedy two years ago today. Hard to believe that's two years ago, uh, as we all remember it well. Dave Anthony is the play-by-play voice of the Steinbeck Pistons, and he joins us on the phone now to talk about this. Hi, Dave. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Mr. Anderson. Thanks for having me on. Uh, thank you for doing this. Um, first of all, you knew one of the young uh, men on that bus, correct? Yeah, I did. Uh, his name is Mac Omersik. He's a former Steinbach Piston that got traded to Humboldt uh, the year before the accident. And, uh, yeah, he was uh, thankfully the first one out of the hospital after the accident. And he's still playing hockey. He's doing well. And uh, he's a really great young man. That's that's very cool that, that he was uh, not injured uh, badly. Uh, I, you know, I often think about somebody like that who was not injured physically or at least not badly and continues to play hockey. What sort of mental injuries does a person like that suffer? You know, you know what I'm getting at, uh, Dave? Yeah, I do. And, and I understand that, you know, maybe we will never understand exactly what he's going through. But uh, in trying to put it into words, I know that he would text his teammates that were lost in the accident and he would not get a text message back. He would hope that they would text back, but they never would. I've talked to him about it very lightly, and, and he's understanding of what happened. He's sad about what happened, and he often wondered why he was spared and why others weren't. But he, he moves on with their memories in mind. He plays hockey with them in his heart, and, and he just tries to find a different way to smile each and every day. You know, we are talking about the Humble Broncos tragedy as as we should two years later on this anniversary. But if it wasn't for this pandemic, this would be a much bigger story today. And that's why I wanted to take at least a few minutes to chat with you about this because I, I do think it's important to remember what happened two years ago and the lives that were lost and the lives that were changed. Yeah, and uh, like you said, it might have been a bigger deal um, had this pandemic not been going on. But I know for myself and for players and guys that go on and off that bus, there's a little thought in the back of your mind every time you get safely to your destination, every time you know you fall asleep on that bus and you do make it home safe. There's a little thought, there's a little thank you that you shoot up above, and, and it, it does weigh on your mind just a little bit. You try not to think about it. Because you want to be, you know, positive, but there's always the thought, and uh, not a day goes by that I know that people aren't thinking about the the people affected by the Humboldt crash, all the the lives that have been impacted, and uh, playing hockey is such a blessing, and getting to call hockey games is such a blessing, and you know we think about Tyler, uh, the play-by-play man, and Brody Hintz, the great stats man, and right. Dana, the uh, the athletic therapist, and the people that make the team what it is. 
it, there's not a day that goes by that we're not thankful that, that we get to be around the game we love. Mm-hmm. And yet, you're not calling hockey games uh, because of this pandemic, you know. Talk about that. How has your life changed because of COVID-19? You know, we were uh, the only team in the MJHL to make it into the second round. We swept our first round series. So uh, w- when we found out the NBA was shutting down, we were on the bus home from Winnipeg thinking that maybe it wouldn't affect us too much. And, uh, you know, it's disappointing for the for the graduating players, not just for Steinbeck, but across um, all the CJHL. And personally, you know, it, it's it feels weird to not be talking about a hockey game or, or getting ready to call another hockey game. Still got the playoff beard, though, Hal. It's, it's going to go until next year, so I got that going for me. <laughs> wow. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be long and, uh, gnarly by, uh, by that time if you keep growing it. It's funny. I said that, uh, earlier. Um, I, this is day 20 for me from my home studio. And had I thought about it, I, I should have approached it kind of like the playoffs and started growing a beard then. I forgot to shave uh, on the weekend and I'm looking a little messy today, but I should have done what you're doing and just let her go. <laughs> well, you look good either way, let me tell you. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, let me ask you um, a question about uh, hockey. You know, here we are, COVID-19. We, we don't know how this pandemic is, is going to change so many things in our lives, including the sports we love. Just like, you know, the Humboldt Broncos tragedy changed things for players that get on on buses you you already mentioned that but you know it, it is similar in that way i guess yeah i one of the the things that stick out for me is after we won uh, game four of our series uh, our players kept our glo- their gloves on to do the handshake and it's just one of those little things you know that that you see in sports you don't really think about a handshake or a high five and and to see that change even before all the sports shut down it gives you the sense that something's changed permanently and we're going to, when sports do come back, it's going to be a little bit different. It, it's going to be weird seeing people in the stands and we have, uh, you know, eight, 900 people in Steinbach and that's not even talking about like the jets and the, the 15,000 they have in their ring. It's going to take some adjusting to get used to the new world that we're in and players and, and staff and cleanliness of the room and, and who's allowed back there now it's it's all going to be very different. You know, like COVID-19, I think some good things came from that tragedy two years ago today. It's it's hard to even say that because you think, well, how can good come from that? Um, but there were good things that came from that. More organ donorship, right? Um, talk a bit about the positives that have come from that horrible tragedy two years ago. Well, I know that uh, blood donors, have, uh, it's really gone up among hockey players. There's now a, a dedicated sense of hockey players going to donate blood a- a whenever they get the opportunity. And I know that uh, the Humboldt crash inspired that. They were at the RBC Cup in Chilliwack. They had a booth all set up, and they had fans in, in droves getting more information. And then we came back to Steinbach, and you know, blood donors are packed. It, it's, it's so sad, but it, there is a little bit of light at the end of that dark tunnel how you're right and mm. it's really inspir- it's, it's inspiring to see people step up and and in the memory of those great young men you know do something that's going to have a lasting lasting impression hey dave thanks a lot for doing this i really appreciate it uh thank you very much mr anderson really appreciate it dave anthony play-by-play voice for the steinbach pistons joining us here on the two-year anniversary of the humble broncos tragedy i played that clip of the prime minister justin trudeau uh, at the start of our conversation there with Dave, 
he also went on to say a couple other things about the Humboldt Broncos tragedy. Um, this, for those out there who maybe saw someone they cared about die in that crash. If you lost a friend, a teammate, or a loved one, if you're still rebuilding and recovering, I want you to know that we're here for you, and we will always be here for you. And a message from the Prime Minister for the community of Humboldt, Saskatchewan. You, the community of Humboldt, along with all Canadians who stand with you, have shown incredible strength and resilience. And just like the people putting out hockey sticks or wearing the jersey, you remind us that together we can get through even the darkest of times. Our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on this, the two-year anniversary of that Humboldt Broncos tragedy. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.